Amen. Well, here's the deal, everybody. This is the last week. We've been on this series all fall. It is almost Thanksgiving, and this is the last week of Living with Leverage. Could you all say leverage, please? Yes, Living with Leverage. And this whole series is all based out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 6, where Paul says, I live in such a way, and he lists these things, and he says, I live in a way that is going to put no obstacle in front of anybody. How many of you guys know, like my Seahawks, they played on Sunday, and they got their butts kicked again, and I'm upset, and I was mad, I was angry, and I made Jennifer, like, she left the room on purpose, because she's like, I don't want to be around him right now. Why? Because it seemed like every time the Seahawks went anywhere there was an obstacle in their way how many of you know when there's an obstacle in your way it slows you down yes or no come on and what Paul says he says I live in a way that remove obstacles and that's called leverage and so what we're trying to talk about here is that God absolutely cares about how you live your lifestyle matters and there's a lot of people out there they're like hey listen I believe in the big man upstairs I believe in God I believe it, but but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be me I'm just gonna live how I want to live because you know how why would this big huge omnipotent all-knowing God God care about how I live. And here's the deal. He absolutely cares about how you live because how you live de- determines whether or not you run with obstacles, you run with weights on your shoulders, or whether you run fast and straight. How you live absolutely gives you leverage or it can actually hinder your life. So we've been talking about living with leverage. And God is vitally interested in how you live. And so when we talk about leverage, we got the definition just to help you out. Uh, Leverage is the key or power to influence people, events, or decision. It gives you an advantage. It gives you force. I I don't know. I'm really famous now for using movies that you've never seen before because I'm older than you. And so, you know, if you're supposed to be a really relevant pastor, you use like the cutting edge latest movies like 2012 and Twilight new moons of the seventh sun or whatever that is. But I don't use those stupid new movies. I use old school movies because that's right here. And an old school movie, one of the old school Sylvester Stallone movies was called Over the Top, right? And, and how, many, how many people have seen Over the Top? Can I get a witness? All right. Okay. So Over the Top, Sylvester Stallone's this truck driver, okay? Can I get a shout out to all the truck drivers? Yeah, you guys aren't truck drivers, but we'll, okay, and Sylvester Stallone's like driving down, and he's got this little weight system rigged up in his, in his semi-truck, because he's a truck driver, and truck drivers drive all day, you've seen them, at, right, at like the Flying J, you know, truck stops, I'm sorry, but most truck, why, because they're like, you know, you're just driving all day, not Sylvester Stallone, because he is the baddest of the bonus Rocky Rambo dude in the entire universe, and so he rigged up this weight system, so as he's driving, he can rig up this weight thing. So because he's an arm wrestler, he's a professional arm wrestler. So he's like, he's driving down the road. And he's lifting up weights. Like these weights are going up and down as he goes like this. And so he's working out this arm and he's like, but over the top, because if you know how to arm wrestle, you make sure to get your thumb over the top. Because when you go over the top, you get leverage. You're like, (laughs) 
And you're like, oh, and someone's like, I don't know how you did that. You're so weak. And, I, and you're like, because I had leverage. I went over the top. And that movie, I don't, I wouldn't even recommend it because, you know, it's probably dumb and lame. But I remember over the top. He's like, and he would go up over. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about, about going over the top in thumb wrestling? Or not thumb wrestling. <laughs> you can do that too. But how many of you guys know what I'm talking how many, How many arm wrestlers do we have out there that know about that thumb positioning? Yeah, Dusty tried to do that against me. He went over the top and still lost, but that's a whole other story. But anyway, <laughs> here, here's the, I, I can't hear him. He's way back there today. So here's the deal, you guys. Uh, when, you, when you have leverage, you have an advantage. And how you live can give you an advantage in the race that God's called you to. Now, here's the thing about lifestyle that is so important for you to understand. How you live does not change who Jesus is. What I mean by this is you could say, oh, you know, I believe in God, and I'm a Christian, and, I, and I'm serving him. And you can go out, and you can sleep around with 20 people, and you can do this, and, and shoot up some needles, and you can do, you know, whatever you think is a, this bad life. You can do all those things, and no matter what you do, it does not change the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. It does not change that uh, what you do does not change the fact that God is the, is the God above all. He's the King of kings. He's the creator. So in other words, how you you live does not change who Jesus is, but how you live does affect how you live your life, how you run the race, and how much advantage, leverage, or hindrance you have. We're talking about living with leverage. And so here's the bottom line, you guys. We went through six things that Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I'm going to go straight there. Uh, Chris in the back, let's go straight there. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is what Paul says about living with leverage. He says, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. We put no obstacle in anyone's way, and no one will find fault with our ministry. And verse 6 says this, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. And so if you're uh, first time tonight, or you've been here a couple weeks, here's the deal. Six weeks ago, we started with purity. The next week, we went to understand. The following week, patience. Now here we are tonight with sincere love. So I even made the background red for you guys, just so that we could get a little bit of love in house. In fact, will you just show a little bit of love to the person next to you? Just tell them they smell good, they look nice, they have good hair. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Spread a little bit of the love tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Everybody here looks good. Everybody here has great hair. By the way, um, I, I need to take a pull. We're going to have another pull, you guys. My hair got too long that I couldn't do. Should I leave it down or should I keep, like, making it go? Okay. Okay. Hey, li listen. Listen. All your, all your opinions don't matter. Only my wife's opinion matters. Oh, okay. She said it's boring. All right. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal, you guys. When we talk about loving things, like, like um, 
people will say, you know, love is a funny word because we just did that poll if you were here at the beginning of service. And we did this poll, what do you love? And most people talked about beating Dusty in something or another. But some people said, I saw up there, you know, I love wasabi. You know, how, does anybody else love wasabi? I actually do love wasabi. Okay, it's, it's the green stuff for sushi that will absolutely burn every nostril hair that you ever have. Okay. Um, uh, some people said up there, you know, I love, I, I think I saw a good pair of jeans or something. Okay, so now here's the thing. Tonight we're talking about love, and love is a funny thing because um, there's all different sorts of levels of love, right? In fact, I remember once this pastor said something like this. He said, we tell somebody we love them, and the same breath we'll talk about how much we love a new car or a certain pair of pants. And then he says this, I mean, I love my wife, and I also love tacos. I mean, now, love, that's, 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 there's something wrong, right? Isn't there something wrong with the word love when we're like, I love you with all my heart. And then we're like, oh, I love these tacos. They're so, I mean, isn't it wrong for me to compare my wife, Jennifer, with tacos? Can I hear an amen? There's something just wrong when we're comparing things. But we, we throw out this word love all the time. In fact, Jennifer and I, here's another movie, not so ancient. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, the guy from The Office. Dan, uh, we watched Dan in Real Life. You know, uh, Jim, Ca what's that guy's name? Steve Carell. I feel like I'm sinning just because I didn't know his name. Anyways, here's the deal. We watched Dan in real life, and he's got this uh, teenage daughter that's like 14 or 15 or something like this. And she's like, I love him. And he's like, it's impossible to fall in love with somebody in three days. Okay. And she's like, oh, you ripped out my heart and crushed it and stepped on it and the guts are in. You know, I mean, she's just like distraught because she felt like she was, what? Oh, yeah. She called that Dan in real life guy, a murderer of love. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Love is kind of a crazy thing. And so here's what I want you to understand. When we're talking about love, I want you to know this. When we're talking about God and we're talking about God's love, when Paul says, I live with leverage, I have sincere love in 2 Corinthians 6, 6, here's what you need to know about God's love. And here's what you need to know about love. And I think you'd already agree with me on this. But there are different levels of love. Right? Come on. You should love tacos different than you love your mama. Okay? And some of you are like, yeah, I love tacos. No, no, no. We'll deal with family some other time. Okay? For those of you that are having issues with your mama. But here's the deal. We, there are different levels of love. And here's the big idea tonight. God's love is a level on its own planet. Okay? When we're talking about having godly love, we're not like, I love tacos. I love mom. And I love God. Okay, it's not, it's, it's not even, it's like, it's not on the same planet. In fact, I had lunch today, and I had the most bombest, nicest, greatest, scrumptiousness, this lunch today. Yes, the bombest. It is a word. Check it out in my dictionary, okay? So here's the deal. I had lunch today, and the lunch today I ate was on Fremont, and it was at cha-cha-cha. And I had the greatest, oh, it was so good. It was carne asada, and there was peppers, and there's all these great things. And here's the deal. You cannot compare pair cha-cha-cha with yo quiero taco bell okay you cannot it's not you shouldn't you shouldn't it shouldn't be in the same subject in fact uh the claudios are here i was over at gill's house a few months ago and they made us carne asada tacos and i'm just saying i'm like i'm like we, we shouldn't even they shouldn't be allowed to call taco bell mexican food because this is on a whole nother level listen 
Listen, God's love, when I'm talking to you tonight about God's love, I do not want you to equate it with love that you think you've experienced in the past. I do not want you to equate, oh, we're talking about God's love. Yeah, yeah, man. Right? It's not Jesus is my homeboy kind of love. It's not like, yeah, I love God and I love the Seahawks. No, no. It's a whole nother level. Everyone say whole nother level. Okay, so here's the bottom line. If God's love, if we're supposed to live with leverage, Paul says, with sincere love. He says, I proved myself. This is how I lived without obstacles. This is my lifestyle was full of God's sincere love. If God's sincere love is on a whole nother level, if it's a different love than loving tacos or football teams, if it's on a whole, if, if, if you can just love tacos because you just love tacos, well, how do you live with God's love if it's on a whole nother level? How can, you, how can you have God's love inside of you that isn't just inside of you, but is literally giving you leverage, over-the-top advantage? If, how can you have God's love inside of you if it's on a whole nother level? Well, here's the bottom line, you guys. Uh, if you are going to uh, get God's love, if you're going to have God's love, you've got to simply receive it. You cannot, you can't just kind of like be like, I have it. You can't just name it and claim it. I've got God's love now. Why? Because uh, I do. No, you've got to receive God's love. How do you and I give godly love? How do we live with godly love? You see, you can't give something that you don't have. Does that make sense? If I was like, by the way, look at this. Look at this. Wait a second. Wait a second. Right here. Right here. $90. $90, Okay. $90 right here, okay. Um, if I'm like, hold on. If I'm like, Chrissy, give me $90. Yeah, it's going to be a while. You want to know why? Yeah, guess what? There ain't no $90 in this purse, I can tell you that much. Uh, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> She's like, you don't know me. She's giving me, giving me the snap. Here's the deal. The bottom line is this. You can't give something that you don't have, Right? Someone's like, hey, you want, hey, would you like a milkshake? Yeah. Sorry, I don't have one. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like you, you can't give something you don't have. Now, this isn't rocket science. This isn't like, wow, that's so profound. Pastor Brian, that's, that's just, that just hit me like here, here, deep. No, no, no. It's pretty simple, isn't it? You can't give something that you don't have. So here's the bottom line. The question for tonight is this. Have you even received God's love in order to give God's love? I mean, do you even know what it's like to receive and be touched by God, receive his love so that you can give love? What we have today is a bunch of people with uh, claiming religion, claiming good works, claiming all these nice things, and they're just nice people that are trying to give God's love, but they've never actually received God's actual love. They've never accepted God into their lives. They've never said, God, I need your love. They've never received it. And so therefore, if you don't have it, you can't give it. So if you're going to live with leverage and say, man, I want this advantage. I want to run my, uh, live my life, run this race with leverage. The bottom line is this. If you're going to give God's love like Paul did, you have to first receive it. Because you can't give something that you don't have.
So here's the bottom line. When you get that love, something changes. You see, you want to know why God's love is on a whole nother level? Because it's a completely different ball game. It's a completely different perspective. Human love, when you're, when you're, some, when you're like that eighth grade girl that's like all in love, or some dude, some, some, some dude that's like all of a sudden he became gangster because he thinks that he's going to get this lady, and he's like, sub, 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 sub. And he's all, all of a sudden, he's like trying to slick his hair over because he wants to be as smooth as possible. Possible, right? And he's he's trying to do all these things, right? Listen, he's like, man, I just, I love, and he goes up to, he's like, baby girl, baby girl, I, I just, I just got to tell you something, baby girl, I love you. I love, remember, remember my, the, the only like joke I know, is your dad an astronomer? Because he took the stars and put them in your eyes, you know, oh, uh, you're just, you're just, you know, what? Well, here's the deal. How many of you would agree with me? How many of you would agree with me? That when, on, on a natural level, not godly level, on a natural level, most people love because they hope to get something in return. I mean, I'm just being honest. Listen, listen, I love my wife, but I really do hope, right? I really, I mean, I do love her, but I, there's some, I, I'm hoping that she loves me back, right? I'm kind of, I'm like, I love you, you know. This is going to work really well if, you know, if you love, love me back, right? But, and, and when we love in a natural sense, we want to get. But listen, when you've received God's love, you love to give rather than get. You see, I'm telling you, some people will say this like, and now they won't say this out loud, but they say, you know, it's right up here. I love you so that you will, what? Make me happy, so that I will be more confident. I love you, I will love you so that I can, and there's, there's some kind of return you're looking for. You know, and, and, and it's kind of natural. I mean, I'm not talking about like, oh, they're evil. No, I'm just saying it's kind of natural. Listen, I love you, and hopefully that means that I can whatever. I love you, so hopefully that means because I love you, I get to or I can, you know, not go to the movies alone. Yes, 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 you know. I, I did just see 2012, the movie, and there was a dude sitting next to me all by himself. I felt bad for him, but I, I didn't share my popcorn with him. But anyways, here's the, here's the deal. You know, when we love on a natural level, we want to get something in return. And it's, it's natural. But here's why I'm talking about you can't just, oh, I have God's love now. Because when you have God's love, you don't get something in return. When you live with God's love, you're not like, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just get, I just have God's love so that I can get. No, listen. When you live with leverage and you're running the race, you have a love that gives that is not worried about what you get in return. See, that's how God works. Listen, listen. God, God kind of love is a giving kind of love. Look at the most famous scripture in all the Bible, the most quoted scripture, John 3, 16. Genuine love gives. It doesn't take because it says, For God so loved the world that what? He gave. Right? It didn't say God so loved the world that he wanted, he wanted to get some of the, he, he didn't say, I, I created you. I loved you. Now, come on, worship me. Come on, I want something in return. No, it says, for God so loved that he gave. That whosoever would believe in Jesus would not perish but have eternal life. Give, give, give. See, God didn't need, he didn't need to save us. God is complete in and of himself. 
God is, is absolutely, absolutely complete. He doesn't need you or I to be complete, but he chose you and I. He loved us, so he gave. So in other words, I want you to get this. If, if, I, if I, even when we give in the offering, we give and we give generously, but we know that God returns, that he honors that, and, and we get something in return. When God gave, he just absolutely just gave. He just gave. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that if you would believe in Jesus Christ, you will not perish. You will have eternal life. He didn't need to do that, but he loved you. That's God's kind of love. But what we have, you guys, is we have a difference here. We have selfish love, and then we have God leveraging love. See, the selfish love, the natural love, it goes like this. It goes like this. It, it loves when it's easy, right? When, when Grandma gives you $1,000, right, you love your grandma. You're like, what's up, Grandma? Oh, Grandma. Oh, that is the prettiest quilt. I've, oh, that's right. It's the same quilt that I've seen my whole life, and it smells, but it's awesome. That Oh, Grandma, I know. What a lovely smell that is, you know, Grandma quilt smell. You know, oh, that's so, woo. You know why? Because Grandma just gave you $1,000. You're like, oh, you're the bomb, Grandma. Right? That that it's easy. Natural love is easy. Here's the thing about godly love. Here's the thing that makes it on a whole nother level. Something that you can't just fake. Something that you can't just listen. Godly love is different because godly love forgives. Meaning, when it's not easy, when someone's hurt you. How many of you guys know you don't need to forgive someone who hasn't hurt you? That doesn't make sense. You only have to forgive when someone has hurt you, when someone has wronged you, and godly love is full of forgiveness. Godly love, when you, listen, when Paul says, I lived my life with leverage, when he says, I proved myself with my sincere love, he's like, I have an advantage. His advantage was he lived a life full of godly love. He was a forgiving man. People persecuted People opposed him. People misunderstood him. And he forgave. And he moved on. And he refused to become bitter. If you want to live with leverage, with God's love, it's not this, okay, we need to love everybody. We are the world. Another thing that you probably don't know about. We are the children. You go Google it. Anyways, here's the deal. Here's the deal. When we love with God's love, listen, it is something that only God can give you. People go, how do you know God's real? How do you know this isn't just like all just, you know, there's a bunch of religion. Why aren't the Buddhists right or the Muslims? Or what about, you know, uh, you know, in India, there's like one million gods. Why don't you just pray to one of those? How do you know? How do I know? Because God's love is legit and it's understandable and it's different than everything else in the world because it transforms lives. It enables me to love people when my natural old me, the, the me that, that it was, was selfish and full of myself, would have, I would have never, ever paid attention to those types of people, those situations. But God enables me. Listen, listen, I want to tell you this. No matter what has happened to you, God's love will enable you to forgive whatever wrong has happened to you so that you can live with leverage. God wants to give you that power to forgive. And I know this generation. In fact, you've written it out, haven't you? Most of you know what I'm talking about. We, if, you're, if you're visiting, you're trying to figure out what we're... We had people write out the nightmares that have happened in their lives. Person after person after person. I couldn't even reread them if I wanted to because I'd bawl like a baby because I did the first time I read them. I did the second time I read them. I did the third time I read them. And then I stopped reading them. 
because it was all about people being molested. It was all about people uh, being absolutely abandoned. It was about people being addicted to things and, and full of uh, self-hatred and all these different things. Listen, things have happened to you, and I want to tell you something. If you want to live with leverage and not on defense, always backpedaling, always just going around obstacles, just trying to make it through a day, listen, God's love will enable you to forgive, and that is different. That's a giving love, isn't it? Because... The selfish love goes, I want to get something returned, so vengeance is mine, right? I'm going to get back at you, and then I'm going to get something because I got you, right? I want to get back. But God's love enables you to forgive. Here's another just example. Listen, selfish love is needy. Selfish love is like, you need to do it on my terms when I want. I want it now. I want I want. And, and the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patient. God's love is patient. Where selfish love is like, you know, we have guys pressuring girls all the time. If you loved me, you would. Hey, I need you. I need you to do this for me. I need you to. Girls do the same thing. I need, I need, I need, I need, I need, I need. And listen, godly love is patient. Godly love says, listen, I, I can wait. I, I'm, I'm not in a hurry. I, I, will, I will allow God to work in you. I, I, I'll wait. I'll slow down. I'll let things happen that need to happen. I'm not rushed because love, godly love, this love that's on a whole nother level is patient. Do you have God's love in you or do you have some kind of selfish, maybe good looking, righteous looking, but not true essence of what Paul says is sincere love. Here's another one, you guys. Selfish love loves the lovely. Selfish love loves the lovely. In other words, uh, when you want to like and you want to love people that it's easy to love, but godly love loves the outcast. God loves, loves, uh, when you have godly love, you love the people that nobody else loves. You know what? When I was in high school, man, you wanted to sit at one table. I mean, that, that was it. I went to a high school that had 2,000 students, and then I transferred to a high school with 100 students. Big shift right there. But when I went to this new school, and there was 100 kids there, there was like four tables in the cafeteria. And I'm telling you what, you wanted to sit at this table. And, and I mean, if you sat at that table, you were in. You're like, all right, cool. We can roll like that. We can hang like that. And listen, everything inside of me wanted to sit at that table. I mean, I wanted that table. Why? Because the normal you wants to get something. I wanted confidence. I wanted popularity. I wanted to fit in. But you know what godly love is? Godly love walks into a cafeteria and looks around and finds the most unlovable person and goes and somehow shows them God's love. You love the unlovely. How many of you understand that if, if you're going to if you're gonna turn 21 and you're going to go clubbing and you're going to do all these things, how many of you know people are not walking in there looking for the, the most outcast, the most uh, uh, the, the poorest, the most hurting, the most broken. They're, no, they're, they're laughing at that, and they're like, whatever. No, when you get God's love in you, all of a sudden something shifts inside you. You're like, man, I, I, I want to show love to lo people that are not loved at all. Do you see how we're talking about two loving tacos, loving grandmas, and God's love? It's a whole nother level. And you can't give this kind of love unless you've received from God that kind of love. It's not a shift in your thinking. It's not like a, oh, I understand that, Brian. I'm going to start loving that way. You can't. You're incapable. That's what the word you've probably heard a lot of the times. You've heard that word grace, right? Amazing grace. Everybody knows that song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Here's what grace is. Grace is the power to do things you're absolutely powerless to do. Does that make sense? 
It's like you can't love that way, but when you receive God's love, there's a grace that empowers you to do that. You can try to fake it. Oh, I love people now. How are you? And that's where you're like, scary. I don't. And that's why people are turned off by a lot of Christians. Christians, because they're plasticky, they're fake, they're just trying to be nice people. And everyone's like, man, on the inside, you're just as screwed up as I am. And what God wants is genuine people that go, man, you're screwed up. I'm screwed up. We're all screwed up. But man, God's done something in my life. And I have a desire and a passion and a love that never was there before. Can I tell you about it? It's the legitimacy of Jesus Christ inside of me. That's grace. That's this empowering love. Is this making sense tonight? Yes or no? So here's the deal. There, it is absolutely impossible. So here's, here's the question tonight that, that I want to ask you. Um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stir the pot, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to maybe, maybe give you a little goosebumps or maybe the hair that's not sticking up because you didn't put product in to stand up a little bit. Here's my question. I'm just going to kind of ruffle the feathers a little bit. Can you love somebody, love, can you love somebody with this, love that we're talking about. Can you love somebody that you disagree with? Can you love somebody who is willfully sinning? Can you love somebody with sincere love that Paul talks about living life with leverage and, by, and running this race? By the way, what was Paul's race? I run the race that Christ said. Listen, he, that, that he, he talks about in Corinthians. He's like, man, I'm doing what I'm doing that some might be saved. He's all about reaching people and glorifying God and bringing honor to God. So, so the question is, with this love that Paul talks about having, can you love somebody and show them love with somebody that is absolutely, adamantly, willful? fully sinning and doesn't care that they are. Because I've seen people in Pioneer Square with signs screaming at people. You're going to hell! You're going to hell! Return to the Lord or you're going to hell! And I'm just wondering, is there a better way to do that? I mean, is there is there a better way? I mean, your voice is going to be gone by the time you're 30, dude. I mean, come on, isn't there, isn't there a be- yeah, isn't, I mean, come on, those boards, it's got to be heavy. Your shoulders have got to, I mean, holding those sandwich boards, it's, there's got to be. A, and, and so my question is this, you know, in the church, is there a way to sincerely love people that are absolutely adamantly opposed to what you believe in and what you're doing? Can I just be honest with you? There's a huge gay, uh, gay, lesbian, homosexual uh, uh, population of people in this city. And the Bible's pretty clear about homosexuality. The Bible's pretty clear about things like that. And the question is, can you love, can you love with sincere love people that are absolutely opposed to what you're doing? Can you? Well, here's, now, before you answer that, I, I want to use Scripture. Maybe this. Well, let me let me break it down a little bit more. Can you love your drug addicted brother? Can you love your maybe church going? You know, maybe how about this? Can you love your Jehovah's Witness neighbor that like that has some weird, crazy cult like belief? Can you love them with sincere love? And if so, what does that kind of love look like? Well, before you answer that, maybe I'll ask you another question: Do those people need love, or do they need the truth? Before you answer that, maybe we should look at Scripture. Because let me just say that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about whether people need love or whether people need truth. 
Let's look at what it says. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I can tell people's hair is already beginning to stand up. Do they need truth or do they need love? Listen to what uh, 1 Corinthians 13 one says. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't have love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. Wow. Oh, holy smoke. Okay, let's, let's do this. I'm going to reread it. And then we're going to do something. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, wow, okay, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. Will you all please make the sound of a creaking rusty gate? No, no, no. Creaking gates, don't laugh. Let's do just creaking gate on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, listen. Did you just hear that sound? Don't forget it. Verse 2. If I speak, look at, the, look at the wall Bible up there if you don't have your Bible. Look, verse 2. If I speak God's word with power. Oh, wow. This is what we need. How many of you believe this? We need God's power. We need the word of God spoken with power. Verse 2. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day. And if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, everyone say wow, Wow. but I don't have love, I'm what? Nothing. So we have creaking gates, we have mountains that are jumping, yet we have nothing. Verses 3 through 7, if I give everything I own to the poor, and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr. Ah! Okay. But I don't love. I've gotten what? Nowhere. Now look at this. This is so big. So no matter what I say, no matter what I believe, no matter what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. If I speak with human eloquence, if, or human wisdom, angelic ecstasy, if I speak with God's power bringing every revelation to mankind and don't have love, the Bible says, you are wasting your time. Let's go back to that question. Do the people that need God's love, that are willfully sinning, that just aren't really interested in you, and you're, remember, we're not supposed to love the easy to love. We're supposed to love the hard to love. That's why it's God's love, because it's impossible to do without God's love. So if you are to, to reach those people and love them, if they're ever to hear the truth, the bottom line is this. You can tell them all the truth you want, but if you don't have a spirit of God's sincere love in you, the Bible says you are wasting your time. The Bible says, don't waste your breath. The Bible says you might look good. You might look good in front of other Christians. You might be eloquent. You might be talking about everything that needs to be talked about in this culture and this. But if you don't have the spirit of love, guess what? The Bible says, Paul says, Paul says in the word of God, you're wasting your time. Now, can I flip the page for you? The problem is that people take this the wrong way. And so they do things like this. Oh, well, I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings because I'm supposed to love them. If you were about to walk in to a room full of one million deadly vipers that shot machine guns out of their mouths... (laughs) 
and I knew what was in that room, and I didn't tell you anything because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Is that love? Oh, but no, we're, we're not. No, 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 Pastor Brian, don't tell them. Don't tell them that, that there's vipers in there because they'll be offended. No, no, we're supposed to love, 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 love. Let's just, hey, who skipped my loo? Go in this room. Hoop do who? No, 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 we're not, suppo- we're not supposed to do that. That might be the craziest illustration I've ever done right there. Listen, I want to I finish up tonight by telling you a couple things very simply. Listen. Love, listen, although you absolutely, absolutely must have this spirit of love inside of you, love does not equal what the world wants to shout at you, tolerance. Love does not mean, oh, you just do your thing and I just do my thing and we're all just going to be one big happy family. That's not love. What that is is saying, well, if you want to walk into a room with deadly vipers that shoot machine guns out of their mouths, oh, well, no big deal. See ya. (laughs) No, no, no. How many of you would agree with me? Just like I'm now a dad with Ellie being nine months old. If Ellie is about to put her hand on the burner, it is out of pure love that I say, no, don't, don't. Listen, 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 listen. Love is not determined by the words that you say, but by the spirit that you have. Listen, you can tell your friend, don't, with anger and violence and hatred and self-righteousness and just disgust at their sin, or with all of your tears in your eyes, you can say, don't, don't. And it's full of the sincere love of God, and that will give you leverage. But if you want to just spout truth because you've got it and they don't, guess what you're going to sound like, and you'll know it. You'll go home and go, man, I don't know what's wrong with me. I tried to tell them about God. I tried to, I tried to love these people, but man, I just, and why? Because you are operating out of anger. You're operating out of self-righteousness. You're operating out of disgust, because probably because you're dealing with the exact same thing, you're spouting off at them to stop. But if you let sincere love fill you, guess what? You don't keep your mouth shut. You simply have a new spirit in the way you approach the things that need to be approached. Does that make sense to anybody? The world, your teachers, even family members, your coworkers are screaming at you to keep your mouth shut because they say we should just love each other. And that's not true love. Not when you know the truth. But how you tell truth is absolutely dependent on the spirit that you have. And listen, you can't give something that you don't have. And so what God wants to do in you is God wants to give you his love. God wants you to experience his love. And I want to finish simply with this, you guys, is that just because you once received God's love doesn't mean that you're walking or flowing in that love at every moment. In Revelation, uh, 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 John writes about a church that lost their first love. They had neglected their first love. They knew about it. They could preach about it. They, They were doing good things. But guess what? They had lost it. 
And you know what? There is, it, it is possible for you to spout out good things, right things, things that are scriptural, things that fit along. And it is possible for you to, to claim, well, yeah, yeah, I, I experienced God's love back in 06. Or I, I experienced love God back at camp. But for you to be talking to people and preaching the word of God to your friends and all those types of things, and you losing the essence of God's love. And this is what God told that church. The church that had lost love. He's like, stop, repent, return to your first love. Because when you're in love with Jesus, your don't turns into don't. And you know that the power that that has when God's inside of you. For you to be able to walk into your lunchroom or at your job or wherever you're at, and everyone's wanting to hang out at this table, for you to have a spirit inside of you that goes, yeah, guys, I'll catch up with you later. And to sit down with the most unlovely and to say, hey, man, what's going on? Let's kick it. Let's chill. Let's do this. Why? Because you have to, because we're Christians now, and there's a list of do's and don'ts. No, because God puts a spirit, a heart, a new heart, the Bible calls it, inside of you that has a desire to love. And when you love like that, you have leverage. When you live that way, you have leverage. And I know, like you middle school girls, I know if, if you're a guy, there's, there's, this, there's this temptation for you to just fit in, for you to just be popular, for you to just be cool like that. And I'm telling you that God wants to break that down and show you something better than that that will allow you to live with leverage and excitement where you can come to switch on a Tuesday night and be like, I'm so excited because, man, I showed God's love to this person and they found God. They, they found out that God was real. Something miraculous happened. But if you want to not have love, if you want to be cool like that, fellas, if you want to just be like, hey, man, that's whatever, man. Just, what, I don't roll like that. Or girls, you know, middle school, well, you know, listen, then you won't have leverage. You won't have an advantage. And you won't really, honestly, you won't be excited about much because you're playing defense. You're just struggling to get through the day because there's obstacles. But you were designed to live with leverage.